Hey, welcome. It is seven minutes after 10 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. So I got a, um, a message from a, from a listener. For, and literally, the conversation was a year ago. Um, and it is about the existence and belief of God. And it's it, he started the whole argument all over again. Or the discussion. It's not an argument. Uh, and I have to make this clear because I don't want people to think my goal is to dissuade you somehow that God exists or doesn't exist. Uh, that isn't my point. Uh, I just brought up my questions, my concerns about whether or not the whole thing is real. Uh, and Paul sends me a message. You don't need to be a Bible scholar to go and read the text. Your argument exposes that you have not read the texts. You will continue to be confused as long as you are going by what you have heard other people say. Prayerfully ask God to reveal to you uh, as you uh, read the flood account. Well, I'd be... Okay, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Uh, Anson says, uh, I applaud your public admission regarding the obvious logical landmines in the Bible. Your problem is trying to apply reason to a work of fiction. Thinking of stories in the Bible uh, resemble reality is an exercise in cognitive dissonance. Ah, boy. Um, look, it, it, and and I don't I didn't I didn't expect for this to go in this direction. And there are th you, there are things that don't add up. And if you're going to stand behind he is omnipotent and can do anything, then there's no way to have this discussion where you can see what I see. If you believe he can do anything, reduce the size of animals, uh, flood the whole world, uh, uh, kill uh, millions of people when just one family apparently gets to survive and yet say he's all, you know, all loving. If, if you can do all that, if you can see all that and say, yeah, uh, you know, that's how it happened, then you're never going to see it from my point of view. So, and, and that's why I, I've moved on from the conversation. But callers uh, want, want somehow for me to see the light or to prove me logically wrong. And I, I'm just not seeing it. And I'm not doing it to be obtuse. I honestly am telling you how I see it and how I feel. 874-9390-800-529-5572. You can be, when you call, it could be about any topic at all because it is Frost Your Buns Friday. It could be this topic or anything. Uh, we're, we're taking it all on. Jesse is on the line. Good morning, Jesse. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine. I want to address your topic of the flood waters. Okay. Okay. After the flood was done, the waters receded into the earth. Because the entire earth is water's on the inside of it. Really? And well, well, where, where did you get that at? From the Bible, that's what I said. When the but, waters, but but the in, the center of the globe is molten iron. No, molten. it didn't go into the center. Oh, it, it, go it goes. There's a layer of water all the way around the earth. Right? No, Before that's not right. That there, there's not a layer of water that goes all the way around the earth. I think there is, Gary. 
I don't think so. Um, okay, and then... Uh, so, so there's a layer of water under the Sahara Desert. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's all underneath the earth. You go deep enough, the water is there. I, I uh, respectfully so disagree. Everywhere you go deep enough, the water is there. I respectfully, I respectfully disagree. Okay. I don't believe okay. there is water under all of us. Uh, there is, there are places where we have bodies of water, but there is no insulated layer of water between us and molten iron. Okay, I will agree to that. I will agree to your isolation bodies of water. Secondly, the rest of the water was locked locked up in the ice caps. Because if you release the ice caps of all that water that's there, you could say goodbye to large portions of the earth. Oh, you'd have to say goodbye to all of the earth um, because nobody is supposed to have survived, based on my understanding, except for Noah's family and the animals on the ark. So that means the water had to be so deep that if somebody managed to ascend to the peak of Mount Everest, they drowned. And they the the all loving God did this to them, literally made them drown. That is true. They did drown. So so this loving God this drowned massive corruption on the earth. Everybody everybody except for Noah's family was corrupt. That's what it says. And you believe that? I There's do. one single human being who innocently got drowned in that massive flood. I cannot say they were innocent. I just said his family and his alone survived. That's what it says. That means that he killed everybody else. Pretty much so. That's what it says. And if he killed everybody else, they all had to be evil. The whole world, except for that one tiny family. Does that make sense? What it says, the whole world was corrupt. Except for that one tiny family. Except for that one family. And you believe that is this. That's true, Gary. Okay, yeah, see, I do. See the, yeah, okay, well, you see, that's not really plausible, and that's my problem with this. All right, all right. There's smoke coming out of my chair. Jesse, thank you okay. for the call, buddy. I appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Oh, uh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. In regards to the Bible, I don't believe it is true. I lost my son almost two years ago, and I would like to see him again. The thing that has recently made me think there may be a God is where did the beginning of the universe come from? But on the other hand, where did God come from? Something for you to think about. Wish you the best in dealing with your losses. Thank you very much. Yeah, it, it's it, it both. The world always was and always will be is implausible. And the argument I always hear is, well, that's because, uh, you know, we don't have the brain capacity to conceive of always was and always will be. But at the same time. In in support of the of the Bible and the, and the God account. Um, how do you how do you argue that the world always was and always will be? It's no less uh, it's no less uh, inconceivable. So, with that in mind, we move on. Uh, Jim says the Bible is no more unbelievable than the theory of evolution, and I want to repeal 
uh, theory, an idea used to account for a situation or justly, of course, I'm not sure I understand what that is. Uh, with regard to your struggle with the Ark, believe me, there are many more extraordinary events throughout the Bible. Watch the movie, without distraction, Case for Christ by John Stossel. I struggle to answer questions exactly like yours. This will explain facts far better than I could. Good luck. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate it. Ah, all right. Um, listen, callers, hang on the line. I'm up against the clock. Got to take this break, and then I'll come back, and, and we'll, uh, we'll have some more conversations about this. We do have some other topics that you may want to uh, comment on, and we'll do that on The Gary Nolan Show on a Froster Buns Friday, the Zimmer Radio Network. Good morning. It is uh, 1019. Glad to have you with us. 874-9390. Toll-free number is 800-529-5572. And it is Froster Buns Friday, so we'll chat about pretty much anything that's, uh, that's on your mind. Uh, we've got uh, several things that we've been talking about in addition to this uh, biblical question, including the national debt uh, Biden's spending spree, uh, these uh, latest uh, uh, unemployment numbers. Tonya, right now, this is the inflation part of the lead-in to the recession, and it is going to be steep. It's going to happen. Uh, in the meantime, messages, let's see. Uh, Michael says, I always believed in God, but seeing the Bible as more of a guidebook to goodness as opposed to 100% factual. Kyle says, Gary, I'm praying to my sky god for this conversation to stop. Uh, as far as waters, the great flood uh, go, it was rain and also tectonic plates. As plates shifted, they caused earthquakes, which in turn uh, would cause tsunamis. So it wasn't just rain alone that flooded the planet. Well, Robert, where did you get that? Uh, did anybody say the earth shook? Um, how would they know if the earth shook if they all perished in the flood? Uh, it also says uh, that he raised the mountains. So he raised mountains up as elevation goes up, water levels receded. Uh, and he, uh, he did kill off everyone else on the planet because of the sin in them. Because they didn't follow his commands. Holy Toledo. Uh, regarding the flood and your problem um, with it of a loving God uh, killing innocents, basic biblical Christianity, there are no innocents. We're all sinners and justice would be death. So God it just arbitrarily decided Noah's family was okay. Uh, what the writers of the Bible called an ark uh, because it is... The only word they had for a vessel, uh, all the animals, uh, what if they all got, what if all they got was DNA? There you go. Noah, a couple thousand years ago, knew about D DNA. And and then how was that DNA incubated? I mean, not your people, look. I, I'm just going to move on. Sharon, good morning. How are you? Gary, I saw... Uh clip on TV the other day of that uh, John Pierre, the White House spokesman, spokeswoman, and uh, she said, President Obama just announced that, and then she uh, <laughs> caught herself, and she got all flustered and nervous, and then she started this nervous laugh, and she goes, oh, no, 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 I meant uh, 
President Biden. Well, that to me shows that it wasn't just a slip of the tongue, and it's more proof to me that Obama is running the country through Biden, and everybody's calling Biden an idiot when actually it's Obama, I believe, that's making all these stupid decisions. Because after six and a half years, why would she, you know, call him President Obama? Yeah, well... They're both idiots, one for being used and the other one for his decisions. <laughs> so so you you nailed it, Sharon. Thank you. Okay. All right. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, DNI's annual threat assessment. I don't know if you guys heard this or not. The director of national intelligence, that would be uh, Averill Haynes, uh, a Biden appointee, did the annual national threat assessment. And they mentioned climate 26 times, um, and they mentioned uh, terrorist 14. Climate seems to be the, the great threat to the United States. It's not the national debt. Oh, no, no, no. It's not spreading socialism. It's not the burdens placed on the health care system by the federal government. It's not China. It's not the Soviet, the Russians. It's not radical Islamists. It's global warming. The threat assessment cites climate change in the first paragraph of the forward to the assessment. Second, shared global challenges, including climate change and human health and security, are converging as the planet emerges from COVID-19 pandemic and confronts economic issues spurred by both energy and food insecurity. We wouldn't have any energy insecurity if Biden and the federal government would just leave the energy to the free market. God, you've got to be so absolutely ignorant to be a progressive. Unbelievable. I'm going to the phones and chat with John. John, good morning. How are you? Hey, Gary. Pretty good. Good. Uh, hey, I was just calling to uh, chat with you about the flood. Okay. Um, I, I think there's a lot of different... Uh, first of all, you're not going to be convinced in a two-minute conversation. This is, you know, whether you believe in an all-powerful, all-knowing God or not is a is a big decision and takes you know, a lot of study, but, uh, I just think, um, a few of your points that make sense to me and I get where you're coming from. I just don't know if it matters too much. Okay. Let's try this. Let me, I'm going to try something different here, John. Uh, okay. I'm going to flip the script. Okay. I believe, are you familiar with Star Trek and that character Q? Yep. Yep, okay. I heard you talk about it. Yep. All right. I believe that Q is God. I believe in my heart that Q is God. So explain to me why I'm wrong. Uh, it's a fictionalized character, and you can find the person who created that character. Yeah. Uh, see, God is so powerful that he created the guy that wrote it. So he, Q is that powerful that he created the guy who wrote it so that we would know about him. Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, well, well, no, what do you mean? I believe in Q and Q is omnipotent and he created that author of that episode so that we that could... Was, if that was true, then this Q would have 
put that in the script, right? He would have said, hey, I'm not just a TV character. I'm a real person. Uh, you no, know, no, 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 no. He's so, you know, you know, he doesn't need that any more than God needs to come down here and tell us that he's real. But God did come down here and tell us that he's real. Well, that's what you say, but he was actually a human being, just like the author of uh, the episode for Q. Yeah, I agree that he was a human being, but the story in the Bible is filled with all kinds of um, miracles that were supposed to prove that Jesus was a real person. He actually well, Q existed. performed all kinds of miracles, too. No, no, but what I'm saying is that that's kind of the miracle part, but the actual believing that this was a person who lived on Earth, that's, you can find in non-religious texts. You can go back and look at old writings and see that, you know, something... Well, the author, the author, of, Q, of, the author of Q was real, created by okay. Q. Okay, so Q decided not to reveal himself to us until... He, he did through... He did through the TV show. Yeah. that. So he just decided not to show up until then? Yeah. Until he, several he, he, thousands of years into our existence? Yeah, well, Jesus Christ didn't show up until thousands of years into our existence. He just but doubled God, that. But God did. But God did. God was there at the beginning. Oh, and how do you know that? that how, wait, well, how do you know that? Uh, well, that's what the Bible says. Oh, well, that's what the author of that Star Trek episode says. He does? You see, that's the problem. So that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that you'll, this is not a matter of logical argument. Uh, if you believe in an omnipotent God that can do anything and be anywhere, then of course you're not going to have a, uh, well, I guess what I'm saying is if he can do something unnatural, and someone would call it a miracle, then you can't look for a natural explanation to how those things happen, because it's not natural. Right. You can stand behind the belief in this omnipotent one, and nobody mm -hmm. can ever, ever make an argument that you will buy or believe because Correct. you believe that he's omnipotent. Well, Correct. that's... Well, that's why I said at the beginning, this isn't necessarily a logical argument if you want to believe if you don't want to believe that's fine either way you don't have to but it's if you're looking for logic in a uh, supernatural thing you're not gonna find it and if you can stand behind a belief in a in in a, an allegedly supernatural thing you're never going to see the light either we're not going well, to convince each other and i'm not trying to that's the point that i've been making right. all morning Right. I don't. And I'm not I, trying to I want to believe. Either. Do you? Yes, John. I want to believe. I want to believe that somewhere down the road, I'm going to be able to embrace my sister and tell her how much I loved her. Okay, I I'll will be able to see you. my parents and tell them how wonderful they were, and how sorry I am I didn't appreciate their greatness. I want to believe. Okay, okay so let me. Go down that road, then. This well, isn't you about... You can't, you well, can't John. Okay. I'm sorry. I wish I could, but I have to go. Uh, the clock ticks. Uh, okay. All right. But I do appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We got to move on. We can't do this all morning. There are so many other things going on out there. I appreciate you all trying to save my immortal soul. I am where I am in this belief. And I'm just going to have to uh, live with it and deal with it. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. National debt, 
no big deal. Climate change, that's the big problem. This is the Gary Nolan Show. It is uh, 1035. Glad to have you with us. On a Froster Buns Friday, Massachusetts uh, has, um, well, they've done what, they've put in a ban on flavored e-cigarettes and regular cigarettes. They did this in 2019. First state to ban the sale of all flavored tobacco and nicotine products. And that included flavored electronic cigarettes and menthol cigarettes. Four other states have since done the same. Flavor bans on some products and similar policies are under consideration in other jurisdictions. And Brian, you're not going to believe what happened. You are going to be stunned when I tell you what happened when Massachusetts decided... They're going to ban menthol cigarettes and flavored e-cigs. Okay. What happened? Underground market. No, that would never I, happen. Yeah, no, no, Brian, really, it did. No, come on. Yeah, people began smuggling menthol cigarettes and flavored uh, e-cigs into the state of Massachusetts. The number of that, people caught doing that skyrocketed. That's got to be the first time that kind of thing has ever happened with any type of product. Right? It, it must be. Yeah. I was taken aback by this. I, I am too. Who, who would have thought that if you prohibit uh, people <laughs> from getting a product that they want, that they would smuggle it into the oh. country or the state? Massachusetts Department of Revenue reports conducting more than 300 seizures in fiscal year 2022. 170 in 2021 and just 10 in 2020. Many of those involved substantial amounts of products and missed tax revenue. For example, writes Reason Magazine, a single search warrant yielded a large quantity of untaxed electronic pro products. Um, um, let's see, the uh, Newport menthol cigarettes, uh, huge, affixed uh, New Hampshire excise tax stamps, representing $940,000 in unpaid excise taxes. Revenue officials are seizing so many illicit products, in fact, that they are running out of room to store them. The task force has increased investigative and enforcement activities during the past year have led to the seizure of large quantities of illegal tobacco products, resulting in a strain on the task force's storage capacity. But fear not. They're working on leasing additional space that will significantly increase the storage capacity. <laughs> uh, the official seizures represent a fraction of the illicit trade. So the actual extent of the illegal product and lost revenue is much larger. The state's report notes tobacco tax revenue has fallen off by 22.6% over three years. Partially due to the declining rates of smoking, but the authors acknowledge the smuggling of untaxed products may also be a factor. Well, who would have thunk it? Gee, it's just like the war on alcohol. And it's just like the war on drugs. These bureaucrats in the state of Massachusetts have decided that these people should not be able to ingest in their bodies what they want. So they've made it as difficult as they can for these people to do that. Well, they have to. Because they're you are too, too stupid. stupid. Yeah. And it, and it turned into an underground marketplace. When will people learn? 
when will they wake up and recognize that this war on nicotine, like the war on alcohol and the war on drugs, is an abysmal failure? It is not your job to determine what people put in their own bodies. And you create black markets that are deadlier than the product you're trying to protect. It's beyond me why we don't learn the lesson. Let me go to Perry, Missouri and say hello to David. David, welcome. How are you? Just fine. And a country boy can survive, right? Yeah. We can, we can make it happen. Hey, um, this is a Frosty Bun Friday thing. Yeah. You know, with all the racial discrimination things going on, this and that, people seem to forget a lot of things. And one of them I don't seem to forget is, you know, uh, there's discrimination laws against everything but one thing, and that's the white guy, 39 and younger. I've battled this with the U.S. senators and congressmen and all this and that. And this has been going on forever and a day, and nobody seemed to do a thing about it. You can put a dress on a guy, and they pass laws left and right. But you cannot seem to, you know, everybody's discriminated against. They have laws passed, but you still, there's still not a law passed that these white guys that fought and died for our country and are buried in Arlington Cemetery, there's still no law yet. That yeah, says well, you cannot discriminate against, and I want to know why. Well, because you're privileged. Yeah, yeah, you white guys, you're privileged. You have, you right, have a, I kind of like it. Have you owned a home of your own? Yeah. Oh, privileged. Have a job. Uh, darn right. I have to privileged. work it every day just to be privileged. And eh, privileged. Uh, you uh, you perform basic math functions. Oh boy, and eh, then some. racist. I know it. Yeah. You know, that's that's what gets me, and you know what? I'm kind of proud to be in that category because, you know what? I made it happen. I made myself to be one of those racists, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to win. They're not yeah, going to let I, you win. I made, well, I made it happen, and if that's the case, I guess I'm going to have to be proud to be one of those guys. All right. I'm, I'll stand with you there, David. I'll stand behind th you, too. Thank you, brother, and we'll fight the good fight. But then, you know what? Like I say again, these boys deserve their 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 spotlight. I agree. David, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. And no matter what, you're, you're going to be uh, labeled as, because you're successful. Because progressivism has not led to success for so many people. Uh, we're just going to, you know, dumb down everybody else. Um, I, I got a message. Oh, where is this message? It came in... And uh, my Zimmer account. Ah, oh, there it is, Liberty Bell. There are many reasons why someone might have gender issues other than mental illness, she writes. The obvious misidentification at birth, but I found this thread to be fascinating. And she sent me to this link uh, from this uh, science teacher. And it, I, it, I, I cannot believe that, uh, that she would believe uh, what she sent me. It's it's a thread. It says, uh, define woman. I just commented on this transphobic post that was like, in a sexual species, female have two X chromosomes, males X and Y. I'm not a bigot. It's just science. And so this, this science teacher responds to this, talking about insects and uh, frogs and reptiles, etc. As though... This genetic defect that they may have 
about or this genetic difference that they may have somehow applies to human beings. Uh, she says, uh, uh, can have females be females because they lost a male appendage sword fighting contest, some flatworms. So you can have males be males because they were born female, but changed sexes because the only male in the in the group died, talking about fish and clownfish. Um, you can have males... Uh, well, look, uh, just tell me where some guy lost his manhood and suddenly turned into a woman, grew female genitalia. I mean, it's, it's stupid to even entertain this. Uh, she goes on to say, uh, act like females because they're trying to get close enough to actual females to mate with them. Uh, that's cuttlefish, bluegills, and others. We're not fish. We are not fish. We aren't insects. There is no story, no case anywhere of a man losing his genitalia and growing female genitalia. Giving me some genetic argument from reptiles and insects simply isn't going to cut it. If you think you're the other sex, that's a mental problem, Liberty Bell. And this argument that, that you presented me doesn't even begin to make sense. Genetically, there are some creatures that can regrow uh, appendages. We can't because we are genetically different. No matter how small you may think that genetic difference is, it exists. You cannot compare us to insects and fish and everything else and, and make a, a logical, plausible argument for, transphobe, uh, for, for uh, uh, transsexuals. Doesn't hold water. To the phones we go. Dave, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm well, Gary. Listen, uh, the other day you had a, a, a thing on about uh, jury duty. Yeah. And and I, I couldn't listen to all of it, and I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll give him my credit card here in a minute. But uh, <laughs> I know one thing. You know, you, you you talked about you wanted to be on the on the jury duty, but you know, my father always always wanted to be on a jury duty also, and he was lucky enough that four years after he passed away, he got called in for jury duty. <laughs> a little, a little too late, huh? Yeah, yeah, four years he'd been gone, and he got a letter, and, and my sister said, what are we supposed to do with that? And I said, uh, let him come and throw him in jail. I, you know, but so he either had to report or, you know, by, uh, or, 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 or face legal legal situation. Yeah, and I, I, wonder, said, I wonder, in addition to uh, jury duty, if he got to vote. Well, I, I, I'm sure he votes two or three times every year, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just wanted to share that with you, bud. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, he probably votes. Uh, he probably had an epiphany, too. He probably uh, uh, now is a, is a progressive. Uh, Jim, good morning. Welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Oh, thank you, Gary. Hey, uh, I sent you a note a while back, and uh, you may have read it about uh, Harrison Bergeron and uh, Kurt Vonnegut. 
Did you get that? I, I don't know. I get, I get so much email. You have no idea. Did, did but, you ever hear about the, this guy? Give me, the, give me the gist. Give me the gist of your. Uh, of anyway, your... the the idea is that 1960 short story about Harrison Bergeron by Vonnegut is exactly what's going on today. It's it's describing the handicappers general, and this guy goes around and uh, makes sure that everybody is equitable. He doesn't use the term means you know, effectively equal on all levels. And uh, it's hilarious. I mean, 1961, he's talking about that. Interesting. Well, I'll see if I can dig it up. Jim, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary yeah. Nolan Show. Frost Your Buns Friday, up against the clock. Quick break, back. Uno momento. Yeah, we've, we've got a real problem facing this country, and it's global warming. Yeah, right. Gary Nolan, Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 53 minutes after 10 o'clock. Glad to have you with us. So we have this uh, indication of, of a, a recession, uh, and it's uh, treasury yields uh, that have sort of flipped. Uh, if you look at it, you know, for the first time, I guess this goes back all the way to 2007, 10-year yields barely moved. Um and, and, and so we've got this inversion, so it costs more money to borrow money short-term than long-term. Uh, and the gap keeps getting bigger. I think we're at 107 uh, basis points. Uh, so th this is what happens uh, when you, you're, you're facing a recession and you've got rampant um, inflation. And so they're going to have to increase the interest rates and I would argue significantly to flip this and that's when the recession comes in the administration is taking laps saying that unemployment numbers are just great uh, we're, we're doing such a terrific job I'm telling you right now that this is going to end up with a deep recession I no longer think that's even going to be a mild... I thought at first maybe we'd get away with a mild recession. I, I was convinced we're going to have one, but I thought maybe it would be mild. I'm thinking we're looking at 19, uh, 1980s uh, levels of, of recession. Unemployment is going to go through the... And when it does, by the way, when the unemployment numbers uh, begin to flip and we see the economy is literally uh, being dragged down uh, to pay for the inflation created by the Bidens. When that happens, the Democrats are going to notice that it's prolonged. And they're going to say, we need to give people unemployment uh, for longer numbers, for longer periods of time. Because they just simply can't find a job. We can't let them, quote unquote, fall through the cracks. This will be an increase in spending. And it, too, will be inflationary because what Americans will do that are on unemployment is they will milk it for all it's worth. When, when it runs out, when unemployment benefits run out, suddenly people find some kind of work. They, they get into the workforce. Maybe it's not their ideal job. Maybe it's not the, the, the pay scale that they want. 
but they find a job to survive. And it interestingly doesn't happen until unemployment benefits are about to run out. So the Democrats' natural instinct is to say, we, we care about the unemployed, and we want to make sure they don't fall through the cracks, so we're going to extend unemployment benefits by another six weeks. They do this every time there's uh, a recession. Every time. And they'll do it again when this recession hits. And I think it'll hit sometime this year. And when they do, they will exacerbate the problem. And people will simply stay on the plan. Until the Republicans put their foot down and say... Unemployment is going to run out on this date certain. This is, uh, it, this, you can mark this down. You can guarantee this is how it will unfold. Interest rates will necessarily continue to rise. Inflation will continue to, to be a persistent problem. It will be a persistent problem until the interest rates get high enough to flip everything. And when that happens... The economy slows down. Unemployment numbers go through the roof. Democrats extend unemployment benefits. The economy slows down. The inflation slows down. And then they're stuck with, oh, my God, we're headed, you know, we're in this recession. We now have to pour the steam on because we don't want this to continue. We want people to go to work. And so they loosen the money supply and things begin to to pick up steam again until we eventually are back where we're at right now. It's just going to keep going back and forth and back and forth. And it won't stop until we wake up and say to ourselves, the Federal Reserve's got to go. The government's not supposed to be in charge of this. Neither unemployment benefits uh, nor interest rates. It's for the private banking world to handle and it's going to happen. It just, it, 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 it's been happening ever since the Federal Reserve was created. Uh, I got less than a minute. Let me get Alan in because he's on topic. Alan, welcome. How are you? Hey, Gary, I'm doing great. Yourself? I do him well, thank you. Well, great show today. And I just, uh, you were talking about the unemployment and everything going on with the people not working and everything. Uh, from the time they first started all these handouts on the money with COVID and everything, I really have a strong suspicion that a big part of this is to guide us into universal basic income. I think they're just waiting for the right moment, but I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and I wonder who's going to provide the money for that. Alan, got to run. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show.